Good evening, everybody. I'm going to go ahead and call our meeting to order. If you please take your seats and the clerk will call the roll. Doyle. Here. Doyle here. Eicher. Here. Eicher here. Engelberger. Engelberger here. Erickson. Erickson here. Glazer. Glazer. Gray. Gray. Hatcher. Blazer here, by the way. Huselman. Huselman here. And here, Hines. Hines here. Hines here. Kemp. Kemp here. Kemp here. Kiefer. Kiefer here. Kiefer here. Kigea. Kigea here. Kigea here. McCarville is excused. McGinnity. McGinnity here. McGinnity here. Palm. Palm here. Palm here. Hellebon is excused. Peters is excused. Ratcliffe. Ratcliffe here. Ratcliffe here. Rip. Rip here, Rit. Rit here. Rit here, Rose. Rose here. Rose here, Shower. Shower. Smith. Smith here. Smith here, Veldrin. Veldrin. Wegleitner is excused. Wagand. Wagand. Right. Right here. Right here. Yang. Yang. Andre. Andre here. Bollig. Bollig is here. Bollig here. Brower. Brower. Castillo. Castillo here. Chavla. Chavla here. Collins. Collins here. Doolin. Doolin here. Downing. Here. Downing here and Miles. Miles here. Miles here. We have a quorum. All right, quorum being present. Let's go ahead and say the pledge. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America, to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Okay, and next, special matters announcements. Are there any announcements? All right. All right, then uh, we will move on to item C is public testimony. This is public testimony on both the uh, 2024 budget amendments for both the operating and capital budgets. Uh, how this will proceed is I'll just uh, go ahead and call the registrants in order of registration. And you, um, for those of you in person can come up to either side of the dais, uh, use microphone on either side. You'll have up to five minutes to address the committee. Those online, of course, uh, will be promoted and can unmute and address the board. Uh, and you'll have five minutes to do so. So with that, our first, oops, our first registrant uh, is in person, Alexis London, to be followed by Nate Shore. Hi, um, thank you so much for having me here tonight. 
Um, I'm, my name is Alexis London. I'm the executive director of Bayview Foundation. I have a raspy voice because I'm getting over a cold, so excuse that. Hopefully you can all hear me okay. I'm here tonight to speak in favor of the budget amendment put forth by Chair Miles and Supervisor Erickson, awarding Bayview an additional $750,000 in county support. We are extremely grateful to have had the unanimous support of the personnel and finance, as well as the health and human needs committees. Um, being, uh, Bayview is being held up as an exemplary model of how sustainable, affordable housing and purposeful neighborhood planning should be done. Just yesterday, an article came out in the Wisconsin State Journal online edition showcasing the second phase of Bayview's three-year redevelopment. This includes the construction of 130 total new units and a new 11,500 square foot highly energy efficient community center. By this time next year, phase three of our project will be complete and we'll have welcomed 44 new families into the Bayview community, increasing our resident population by 80%. These new families, many of which are coming off the city and the county's joint priority housing list, will land in a community that is stable a community where there is an array of social services and programs that advance the well-being and the quality of life of the residents' services, like an on-site food pantry, like free out-of-school care for children and teens, mental health support for families, college prep classes for those looking to go on to college, ESL and financial literacy classes for adults, these are the kinds of programs that ensure family stability, safety, high graduation rates, and community resilience and pride. And these programs aren't just for Bayview residents. The new community center will be a resource hub to the broader neighborhood, serving all of the low income and public housing on the triangle, as well as the residents of Monona Bay, Greenbush, and the Bay Creek neighborhoods. As you may know, the triangle population is, is uh, going to be quadrupling over the next 10 years with Bayview's redevelopment, as well as the redevelopment of the city's public and low-income housing on the site. The new center will be the epicenter of the county's biggest concentration of housing for low-income residents. The Bayview Project is rooted in resident voice and equity. We spent years listening to residents' needs and priorities and integrating what we heard into the site plans and to our program initiatives. The new Bayview highlights what is most important in community life, in the health and well-being of an extremely diverse community that hasn't always had a voice at the podium or a place at the decision-making table. The new Bayview calls out to be seen and heard, and at this moment in our history, we call out to be supported. The investment of the additional $750,000 in funds is essential as we prepare for our future. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Alexis. I, I think Nate Shore is in favor of the amendment, but I, I'm not sure he is registered to speak. I have them listed as registered. You do? To okay. Speak, so All right. Let's see. We'll see. Thank you. Uh, next registrant wishing to speak uh, in favor is Nate Shore, to be followed by Steve Books, who is in person. So, 
Nate, you've been promoted, so you have up to five minutes to address the board. Hi, can you hear me? Yeah, welcome. Hi, yeah, I mistakenly registered, or must have mistakenly registered to speak, just wanted to register support. Oh, all right, very good, thank you. Okay, then uh, next is Steve Books, to be followed by Natalie Erdman. Okay, hi, uh, thank you, Chair. Uh, so we can address both uh, the operating and mm -hmm. the capital? Okay, uh, as far as the capital, uh, <laughs> Operating budget, I'm sorry, hi. Um, I was in favor of this uh, HHN 003 uh, from Supervisor Collins about the $45,000 for the Madison Reading Project. Uh, as a person employed uh, through MMSD, I'm uh, happy about that. Uh, it could be more. Um, what we just heard, all these people uh, moving into certain areas of Madison, and it, it doesn't hurt to support uh, learning in any manner. And uh, I think this project is good. Uh, I also do support Madison Public Libraries. So uh, any and all efforts to support reading for young people I think is good. And I do support that. <clears throat> and I thank you for that. <clears throat> uh, my second issue is here with the uh, cap capital budget with the, the flock cameras from the sheriff's department, uh, an expenditure of $66,000. Um, I, I wasn't there for the meetings and I apologize for that if uh, um, the sheriff, when he was there at the meetings for that. Uh, and I know a flock camera was used recently uh, somewhere uh, for the license plate identification for something good, and I'm, I'm, a favor, I, I'm in favor of that. However, I'm not sure how many cameras are for $66,000 and when and where they're gonna be put in place. And uh, is, is this for traffic? Um, I know in, in Chicago, they have some type of com camera. If you go through the iPass system, and you don't have an I-pass, they, they can get your license plate. <laughs> so um, I guess I, I have concerns with uh, too much surveillance. And I don't know if this is within the Patriot Act that this is coming about, um, but I, I don't know about that. Um, I guess I'm not in support right now of the flock cameras. Um, but maybe that'll change. So that, that's my issue for now. And uh, thanks. Okay. Thank you. And I, I should have explained too for, uh, for, to our speakers that uh, county board supervisors may have questions for you, so stick around. We go through our practices to go through 10 speakers and then ask questions of any of the previous 10 speakers. Um, just so happens though, we do have less than 10 registrants wishing to speak tonight, so. All right, after Steve, we have uh, Natalie Erdman to be followed by Diane Eddings. Uh, 
Hello, I'm Natalie Erdman, and I'm here to speak in favor of the amendment to grant Bayview Foundation an additional $750,000. I have been a supporter and admirer of Bayview since I first participated in their design justice process about four years ago, and have chaired their capital campaign. Um, So first, I would like to thank you all for the county's continuing support of Bayview. Your support has been critical to allowing us to really strive and hit high marks on sustainability but also to provide critical affordable housing and supportive services uh, to a broad array of tenants. Um, The the additional funding that is being contemplated in this amendment is really critical to us for a couple of reasons. You've all heard about rising construction costs and we're finding rising costs both in the housing side as well as for the community center, but we're also working to, to increase our services and provide better services for the new families that are coming to Bayview. Many of these families are coming off of the coordinated intake list and are our community's most um, vulnerable um, families. And really having programs to be able to bring them into Bayview, uh, welcome them into the neighborhood and integrate them um, is going to be critical. So this funding is coming at a great time for us so that we can not only increase that programming, but we can also concentrate Um, on that programming and welcoming those families as we finalize our capital campaign. Our capital campaign has been very successful. We've been very uh, grateful and impressed by both the government support that we've gotten, but also from the private market. Corporations, individuals, and foundations have been a critical component for us, and we continue to work those those philanthropic sources in our community, and we'll continue to work those. Um, But your contribution here would make it much easier for us to finish the campaign and get about the work of actually servicing these new residents that are coming into our community. So thank you, and I hope that you'll support this amendment. Very good. Next, we have Diane Eddings, who's on Zoom, to be followed by uh, Sandra Crook. Cruise. Uh, welcome, Diane. You've been promoted, so you can unmute and address the board. Hello, hey. I'm Diane Eddings. I registered not to speak, but I will speak. Um, I'm just here in support of the $750,000 allocation to Bayview. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Okay, Uh, next is Sandra Cruz to be followed by Tom Kriegel. I have uh, Sandra is indicated as being in person. We have Sandra. And Lindsay, do we have Sandra online? Okay. We will. Sandra Cruz. Okay. Uh, we'll set that one aside and move on to Tom Kriegel to be followed by Leslie Huber. And Tom is online. Welcome, Tom, you've been promoted. You can unmute, need to unmute. 
There you go. Can you hear me? We can. Welcome. Okay. Thank you. I have three uh, topics that I want to talk about tonight regarding the proposed 2024 budget. First one is providing 24-7 counseling in the, as part of the CARES program by the 911 system is likely the single most cost-effective way to quickly expand part of the CARES program to the whole county, in part because the limited 911 access counseling has already reduced the number of calls needing a physical response and leading to good outcomes. Dane County could cause it to happen with or without any additional cooperation from anyone else. Doing so would save Dane County and all other local units of government money in the long run. Because Dane County stands to save the most from that act, and because all Dane County property taxpayers pay property tax to Dane County, and because Dane County has so many more resources than any other local government unit in Dane County, and because Dane County could make it happen very quickly, Dane County should voluntarily pay for the cost of providing that 24-7 counseling via 9-11 for the whole county. Doing so would make Dane County a hero among all other local units of government. The executive proposed $400,000 to do the counseling from 8 to 8, Monday through Friday, which is 72 hours of the 168-hour week. If 400,000 will do 72 hours, then a million total or a 1.2 million total should be adequate to give 24-7 coverage. All of you know that Dane County re in recent months committed to spending $200 million on a jail, on a new jail. And of course, that last vote added $20 million. So adding another $800,000 to the budget is a drop in the bucket to accomplish something that will improve the lives of people all over Dane County. Um, of course, the, the counseling, uh, you should also work on expanding the other parts of CARES throughout the county as well. Two other points that I want to talk about. <clears throat> I'm in favor of eliminating the five positions from the Sheriff's Department you already, you should know that the retirement of the baby boomers is the biggest factor leading to the difficulty of employers being able to maintain full staff. And it'll be another seven years before the last baby boomers retire. The Sheriff's Department has had a chronic shortage of 40 plus positions for the last several uh, couple of years, as I understand it. And also the current jail has a lower population than it was initially designed for. You're, all, you're not operating all three units anymore. And in fact, a unit was closed down for lack of staffing. The new jail will be smaller and ideally will be made, should not be any less labor efficient. And being in one place, it should be much more labor efficient. And of course, with vacancies already existing, you don't have to lay anybody off to eliminate those positions now, and that would free up 
um, at least three quarters of a million dollars to use for better purposes. Finally, I'm opposed to spending money on cameras for uh, body cameras for the sheriff's department. You know, the cameras in the Dane County Jail did not prevent jailers from brutally assaulting Jimmy Joshua over three years ago. And those cameras have not led to Dane County officials providing any evidence that any accountability has been applied to those jailers who brutally beat Jimmy Joshua, which has led to a lawsuit that's going to cost Dane County and or its insurance company at least a couple million dollars. The most effective cameras to keep police accountable are the ones that are are in the possession of individuals. That's what caused, that's what uh, convicted George Floyd. That's what can, that's what led to the discovery that Brianna Taylor was brutally mur murdered in Louisville, et cetera. Tom, your, so, your time is up. Okay, well, I've made my points. Thank you, okay. and I hope you will act on them. All right. Okay, um, next is uh, Leslie Huber. Hello, I'm Leslie Huber, and I am here speaking in opposition to the amendments or in support of keeping the full funding in the budget for Second Harvest. And I am here to share the experience of our food pantry and other food pantries in our county. So I'm representing Way Forward Resources. We are a nonprofit located here in Dane County that provides food and housing security to people in our community, and we run one of the largest food pantries here. We serve people throughout Dane County, but most of the people we serve do come from the western part of Dane, Dane County. And in the past year, we've seen a tremendous increase in the amount of people that we serve and are now serving more people than we've ever served before in our 40-year history. We are giving out the equivalent of 100,000 meals each month. Since January of 2022, we've seen an almost 200% increase in the number of people accessing food from our food pantry. And to be honest, it has been a struggle for us to keep up. We get food in a complicated and ever-changing way, but Second Harvest is a critical component of that. And in fact, 57% of the food that we give out in the community comes from Second Harvest. And if you count the food that they help connect us through with rescues, with the Meal Connect program, 75% of the food that we give out comes from Second Harvest. Other food that we give out comes through a variety of ways of community donations, community gardens, and food that we purchase. We are now purchasing more food than we ever have before in our history, and it has been a 225% increase in the past year from what we were purchasing before. So the support that we serve, that we receive from Second Harvest is critical in helping us keep those costs down. The funding that goes to Second Harvest goes directly to, to purchase food that comes from Second Harvest to us and many other food pantries throughout the community. That food goes from us directly out onto the shelves that goes directly out into the community to meet the needs as you all are probably aware, 7.5% of children in Dane County are food insecure. So that food is a critical piece of making sure that children, families, and individuals in the community have access to the food that they need to be healthy. Thank you. 
Okay, that exhausts the list of registrants. Are there any questions for any of our speakers? Supervisor Belden. Thank you, Mr. Chair. Um, Leslie, right? Um, first of all, did, how many meals did you say? 100,000? The equivalent of 100. We don't give out packaged meals, oh, I know. but and right, the equivalent of 100,000 meals per month. Month, okay. So prior to the pandemic, before you were getting a lot of federal funding, how were you getting by? I mean, obviously donations and, and we were making, but obviously has the need has changed. The need has changed, correct. And you don't see it getting any better, obviously. We keep waiting for opposite. that to plateau, but we have not yet seen that. Right, and what would the impact be on this amount of funding that has been removed from the funding that the county executives already gotten. And you've gotten, obviously, a substantial amount of funding. Yes, and we greatly appreciate the support that we've gotten. disparaging that at all. <laughs> um. So I don't know exactly how they would divide it out, so I can't speak to exactly how much less that we would get. Right. We are, at this point, as I said, so in the past, pre-pandemic, we spent very little of our budget purchasing food. We were able to meet the need almost exclusively with Second Harvest and community donations, um, food rescues, and gardens. Oh, right. So we are now purchasing much more than we ever had. So for us, the effect of having less food come from Second Harvest, we are doing everything we can to continue to ramp up rescues and community food donations. We're actively out in the community seeking those. But we would not be able to make up that gap so that would lead to additional food purchases for us, which whether or not we can make those purchases depends on what we can fundraise and bring in. So we take pride in the fact that we have never turned anyone away from the food pantry before, but we have started to put in limits to how much food people can take. Okay, thank you. Any other questions? All right. Seeing no other questions, that then concludes the public hearing on the 2024 budget proposal as recommended by the Personnel and Finance Committee. So uh, any other business is allowed by law? If not, is there a motion to adjourn until seven o'clock? Moved by Erickson, seconded by Doolin. We are adjourned, if there's no objection, we're adjourned until 7 p.m. Uh, for the regular county board meeting. Thank you. Record